0: What's up, rugby fans? It's Scott here at the SAFA pod. Last week, we caught up with VIP NL, a South African born Scotland international. Roll you that interview in a little bit, but be warned, there's a fair bit of scrum chat. Before then, I'd like to welcome in my co host. Some of you may know him as Tucker, but I just know him as my good friend, Keegan Hall. Steaks, how are you, bud?
1: I'm good. I'm good. Always great to be back on the pod trying to entertain people trying to talk a bit about rugby and most importantly here for a laugh and the banter all good this side scotty how you
0: doing that side oh oh it's been a long week it's only monday so i had to crack a crack a cold one (laughs) talking about cracking a cold one how was your weekend was it booze free or did you have another one
1: yeah, my, my weekend was pretty much, for the most part, booze-free. Uh, my right. cousin's been down visiting from the UK, so yeah, yeah. It was his last night on the Saturday. So I just went out for one or two drinks, but nothing too crazy. Got a lot of work done. And uh, yeah, sort of setting myself up, gearing myself up for this weekend to go to the Stormers game, which I will not even claim that it shall be a booze-free evening because it will not
0: and um told me your your thursday i think it was i think it was uh maybe about quarter to two i had a couple of really interesting voice notes and i'll, I'll see if i can get get a bit of that playing with the pod here just to, to oh no <laughs> like,
1: dude it's so cool bro like honestly dude, and i absolutely love it dude. it's worth the missions to try and get internet so we can do this podcast and shit because it is absolutely amazing okay i love you lots because i know you listen to this voice now too (laughs) no Uh... you know what you know what you know what never (laughs) true words spoken then you are absolutely (laughs) hammered okay i love this podcast we are now going on our fourth episode and man, we are not stopping. We are coming here week in, week out, whether we have the energy or we're absolutely hungover or we're exhausted from work, which is should be the most part. But you know what? We're a fun bunch of guys, and we love entertaining you guys. So let's roll on this
0: pod and let's oh, chat a bit. Around. All I'm gonna say is thank, thank the big man upstairs or whoever it is that we can't share photos on this podcast because <laughs> they're slightly. Different story. Now, uh, weekends, rugby, steaks obviously no URC, but definitely was some Curry Cup happening. Lions and the Pumas was, was the first kickoff over the weekend. Second from the bottom, Lions beating the top of the Curry Cup log, Pumas 26 to 10 at Ellis Park on Friday night. All run brilliant, or brilliantly rather, by Monet van der Bach at 9.00. They never really looked out of control, and the consolation try from the replacement Brandon Thompson at the end kind of flatters the Pumas a little bit. What was your thoughts on on that game?
1: Yeah, exactly same opinion. Honestly, it looks like the Lions just had that foot on the gas the entire game. I uh, don't know what's happening to the Pumas recently. Started off unbeaten season, uh, lost the game last weekend, I think it was, and then recently now this weekend losing, dropping again to the uh, to the Lions and like you say a consolation try at the end didn't really mean much to the to the made it look prettier on the scoreboard but never i mean geez what, what what was that that was like pretty much the last two minutes of the game or something yeah 78 minutes not scoring a try after being an unbeaten team looking a little bit shaky at the moment
0: absolutely and now i know you say the weather's bad in scotland and we've been over this before but Cheetahs v Griffins game fell victim to some really bad weather on the Friday and had to be rescheduled to the the Saturday. The Cheetahs eventually winning that thirty three to ten. Thoughts on that? Did you manage to catch any of it?
1: No, no, no I didn't catch any of that game. I would have loved to. Have, I was trying desperately to look for highlights, but there was no highlights released yet. Unfortunately, it is load shedding, so I couldn't go on the TV either to try and look on on DSTV catch up. <laughs> but obviously, just judging by that scoreline, dangerous cheetahs side coming through um, scoring a lot of tries at the moment high scores and looking like a pretty dangerous team you know it's it's all about the momentum shifts sometimes and that seesaw you have uh, the pumas doing really well and then dropping a few games now you have the cheetahs all of a sudden putting some scores on the board and then top of the log
0: yeah absolutely and I mean to be honest you, I I think cheetahs Jesus- Bit of a dark horse heading into any sort of playoffs at,
1: at the end. 100%. Of the
0: 100%. Now, one of the teams that we, we maybe haven't thought has been doing the business recently have been the Sharks. Now, they did the business against the Griquas on Saturday with a pretty easy win in testing conditions. The Griquas showed good attacking intent, but didn't register any points in terms of, of tries. Lionel Crenier looked Good at 10 for the sharks. Now, Cohen Bosch recent injury for for the Sharks heading into this weekend against Leinster. Do you think it'll be Lionel Cornier or Buta Chamberlain that they end up playing at 10 if if Bosch is absent?
1: Not too sure. Not too sure. Again, I, I didn't I didn't catch that that sharks game in that, but yeah, quite quite interesting. I think that they'd probably have to go for a more experienced player in terms of BMT. So yeah. we'll we'll just sort of see what they weigh up in that sense. You know, you can have these performances and um good performances recently, but in the main the main fact is no matter what, you can have a player that's maybe sort of doing all right, but if they have that BMT, I mean any coach is gonna pick um that player. So yeah. I'd be
0: I'd be quite interested to see if they maybe pull Buta Chamberlain in at ten and, and drop Afalili Farsi into fifteen maybe give themselves a bit of a running threat from the back, but it be, be an interesting one for sure. Now, selfishly, there's a game of the weekend <laughs> that I really hope is, is a bit of a preview for the weekend to come. Province outclassing what was, or what most would consider a better team, certainly by the team sheets. And John Dobson's form over Jake White continues. I think the main concern for the Stormers at the moment has been at lock. Given their current injuries, but I was so so impressed by Dylan liu who put in a man of the match performance. His carrying ability was was immense, scoring a massive try and making Johan Chusin look a little bit silly. in In the ten meter, your thoughts, Steigs?
1: Yeah, I think it's uh, obviously, like you say, selfishly speaking, we hope that uh, the twenty thousand fans at DHL Stadium will be cheering. Uh, just like that this Saturday coming up. But very interesting. Obviously, the Bulls had their sort of standard Curry Cup side on, weren't really getting far, brought on a couple of the um, the URC players and still couldn't really get much of a job done against the very well-performing Western Province side. So very, very interesting. I mean, we we really didn't have a single uh flip you can really tell we're a biased podcast when we refer to West <laughs> Province as we <laughs> we but we, we really didn't have any um urc players involved in that game and yeah very very interesting let's hope the the form really does continue province obviously played extremely well which is really great to see and
0: yeah hopefully the form continues into the weekend coming up now the one man who might have something to say for us stormers fans is is a uh a very experienced head by the name of Marcel Kutsia. Now, he obviously played for Ulster, had played in South Africa, went to play for Ulster and is back playing for the Bulls. Aside from the impact that he might have this weekend and the impact that he might have on on the Bulls as a team, the one thing I'm really interested to see is, now that Sia Khaleesi's out, is, is there room for him in that Springbok squad? I think a lot of fans have felt that maybe the Springbok coaches have been guilty of being biased towards certain players and and picking the ones that they know, not really freshening things up. Marcel Coutier certainly had a barnstorming run last year, but was in and around the mix, but but not really chosen drop towards the end. Do you think that he makes a a run for that number six shirt come the mid-year tests?
1: I think it's very possible, to be honest. I mean, I've been a a pretty decent Marcel Coutier fan for a long time enjoyed watching him play he's an absolute unit to be honest and i think him him on his day performing well and in good form is a really solid replacement for for Sia Khaleesi. kalisi obviously not in the sense of what Sia has done for the country and the team in terms of unity and leadership but i mean we do have a ton of other leaders and if we're looking based off just performance and someone who's really going to Bring that South African springbok rugby to life by absolutely smashing people and making other teams just blatantly shit themselves having to play us. I think Marcel could see it as a very good option if he's in form. Uh,
0: in the wise, wise words of Rashi Erasmus, physically them up. I don't know if you managed to, to, to see the scoreline on this one. Larichel took extra to the cleaners, and actually, I think. It's another game where, where maybe the losing side is flattered by the scoreline. La Rochelle beating Exeter 47-28. to 28. Now, I know a lot of our listeners are going, listen, this is the Saffa pod. Why are we talking about European fixtures, not including a South African team? There were South African players involved on both sides, but two standout performers for me were both on La Rochelle's side, one being Dylan Leeds, and obviously we had SP Murray on talking about that, assist from Dylan Leeds last week, so we know what a class player he is. But also, Raymond Rule. Now, a lot of South African fans will remember Raymond Rule with some uh, discontent on the back of the the the, the defeat back in 2017 to so the All Blacks, where Raymond Rule was found out on defence at outside centre. Now he's primarily played at the wing for Loris and he's been outstanding. I mean, he won the Champions Cup with them last year, so he can't be that bad a player, I suppose. Steaks. Ex- do you think there's any room for someone like a Raymond Rule in, in this World World Cup squad as a bolter? Or do we think the likes of Cannon Moody, Curtly Oransa, Cheslin, Colby, Markolo and Pimpe, and Corsi, do you think those boys have all got it completely wrapped?
1: I you know what? I I I always want to say that you your your position's never safe in a team. You always have to have that competition. And if a player is really knocking on the door, then he's knocking on the door. Now, obviously, the way the team has sort of grown and developed over the last few years, we had that year off during COVID. I think it's it's pretty much in a World Cup year, apart from the inner circle where you're sort of testing one or two combinations and that, they sort of have a very, very good idea of what the team should look like, who's been performing. And to be honest, I mean, he's, he's got to play completely out of his socks if he really wants to... Um, kick one of those guys out the team, and that they've. It's not like those guys haven't been performing well. I mean, you've got Mapimpi um, scoring tries galore, and um, all the other guys as well, just really performing well. So it's gonna be, it's gonna be tough. I, 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 like I say, I love to say never say never, but that is a very, very tough ask to come completely as a wild card and knock one of those guys out the team.
0: Also, shout-out to Chess and Colby, who made a return for Toulon in their 24-0 defeat to Benetton. Benetton actually, well, Toulon got a red card in the first 10 minutes, and Benetton still did not manage to register a single point. Colby didn't score, but he certainly looked good on defense, and it's, it's just nice to see him back from injury. Now, Colby obviously also played uh, sevens, and one of the massive Sevens tournaments that's been happening over the last two weeks is the Challenger Series, which is essentially a series that allows people or teams rather to, to enter into the HSBC Sevens Circuit. So you're, you're a mainstay throughout the year. Massive shout out to the Springbok Sevens team. They won both weekends of the Challenger Series to be part of next year's Sevens Circuit. Special mention to Nadine Rus and Libby Jans van Rensburg, who are both phenomenal. I'd hope that there are now going to be a few more eyes on the women's game, in turn leading to a bit more investment and deserved further development for the women's game as a whole, seeing as it's so vastly underfunded, especially in South Africa. Your thoughts, Stiggs, did you manage to to see any of that?
1: That sounds so bad on a South African rugby podcast. I haven't watched enough rugby, but no, I I didn't catch it. But I will say that, I, my sort of experience with women's sports at the moment is, um, it's, it's definitely the, the marketing strategy that I find most interesting last year. I was obviously moving on to a different ball sport, but last year I was in the UK and obviously that's when the, the English national, um. Females' uh, football team, yeah, the lionesses, the and absolutely sold out Wembley Stadium. And I mean, you really could not flick a channel; you could not go past the billboard without seeing that tournament being marketed. So, I mean, look, yeah, at the end of the day, the girls are playing really, really well. They're going to be playing. Even better rugby. Hopefully, as you say, getting more investment, more marketing. We've got the we we've just had the women's uh, cricket World Cup as well, sold out Newlands Stadium here in Cape Town when the girls made the final, furthest uh, crickets um, best cricket results in a World Cup, and it's by the females team, so it says says a lot. But honestly, man, I love I love female female sport as well. Women's uh, rugby is definitely on the up and uh it's it's interesting it's a it's a great sport to watch and sort of for anyone out there you know sport is just for everyone it's not just for one gender it's not just for one race or one type of person or or anything you know sports for everyone so i do love to see sort of sports expanding into different uh, avenues and that
0: absolutely and obviously we wish that the girls best of luck over the, the coming weeks and we may or may not have one or two guests from that team in the future, so, so keep an eye out for that. Um, now, that actually leads me quite nicely onto my next question, my next point. South Africa's current director of rugby is obviously Rossio Rasmus. Now, he oversees both the men's and the women's game. The current rumour that's going around, now this is not fully confirmed yet, is that Rossio Rasmus is going to be returning as the head coach of the box next year one delay stick dion david's Don human as well as the head of athletic performance andy edwards have signed contract extensions for another four years but we know Russi's contract runs out in 2025. we're still lacking in a de- defense coach we've not signed a new one yet do you think that Russy will remain for another world cup cycle i'm
1: i'm honestly not sure i mean it's 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 all in Russi's head at the moment, you know. Obviously, there's those rumours about him. Um, maybe following going to to Leinster and being um director of rugby over there, we don't quite know where his head's at with regards to that. Maybe he takes the two years after the World Cup to like really sort of um have someone job shadow him and then give them the role and sort of mold and scope like scope them for the role that when he leaves in in 2025 i think it is after that you still got the whole of 2026 and then majority 2027 for the 2027 world cup so i don't think it's um impossible that he would stay i think it's possibly highly unlikely but i do think that in those two years because it's sort of you don't want to be coaching two years going into a world cup and then you completely change a whole coaching system and everything. So I think he just probably molds someone and then they come and take over and then, you know, carry the, lead the Springbok team to the next World Cup.
0: Yeah, I think it'll be really interesting to see if Stick or Davids ends up kind of stepping up to that head coach role, because as I've said before, I don't think either one of them have got necessary experience to, be head coach of a national team, especially one with uh, fans like the Buck fans who (laughs) (laughs) can be a bit fickle, as we all know. Now, as I mentioned earlier on, we had the pleasure of speaking to South African-born Scotland international WP Nell last week. Here's everything that he had to say. We're delighted to be joined by current Scotland international Edinburgh centurion, Willem Petrus Nell, better known to Scottish fans as WP. WP, how are you, mate?
2: I'm good, thank you. Um, Yeah, nice to be on the pod.
0: Firstly, uh, congratulations. You've just re-signed for for Edinburgh for another year. You've always had a a bit of a rocky URC season this year, but are you looking forward to having a bit of a rest before the World Cup warm-up games?
2: Yeah, no, definitely. We'll get the feet up, um, but, but also need the body to keep it going. So, We'll, well, enjoy my time off, there. So
0: yeah. And tell me, you obviously, you started uh, your, your career where myself and Stiegs are from, which is the Western Cape. You moved to, to Borland and then the Free State prior to signing for Edinburgh. During your time in South Africa, what what was kind of the highlight of your career there? Was, was there a moment that that stands out for you?
2: Oh, I think there's plenty of moments um, that stands out for me in South Africa, um, just when things started at under 20 level at western province that was just yeah it's almost like that was a dream that just started there was i probably never thought of even get to that stage in my rugby career and but from there on yeah (laughs) every single game almost from there on is just a amazing feeling But the the one thing that probably stands out is probably the two thousand and nine season was well, my breakthrough season super rugby and obviously that year play barbarians as well with that incredible team. And that was just that was probably the taste that gave me the, the hunger for for getting more. I want to have more of this. So that's probably the yeah, the standout year of moment. I,
0: I mean you you mentioned it there that you 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 featured for the barbarians. I think you were the only uncapped player in that entire squad to feature in that twenty-three. And that was against the All Blacks, and you guys actually won that, which was a massive result. Really exciting game. What are your memories of that game? And and out of those Oaks on the tour, who would you say was was the loosest or, or the best, best value <laughs> on the <a> night out?
2: <laughs> no, they I must say that was quite loose that whole week. Um so, yeah, um, I obviously did play my 50th cap for Scotland in the past, in the Six Nations, so that okay. was, so that, but that was also a special moment. But if I go back to the Barbarians that week was, <laughs> it was something incredible. I have played, obviously, that year was still, I think, 22. That was not even 23 players and me, the only tight end at, at that stage. and yeah that was my breakthrough year and uh, it was yeah it it was so quick as well it it flown past but the memories it's 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 probably yeah it's amazing it was yeah one of the best weeks of my life so yeah
0: and um Talking talking about kind of the, the best weeks of your life um as as a Scotland international, would you say that the Calcutta Cup is is kind of the game that you look forward to the most each year? And how sweet has it been that you boys, you and the boys rather have won it so often in, in the last few years? You've obviously won it both home and away multiple times, and, and I'm sure there's a lot of English fans that are, are absolutely hating the Scottish at the moment. <laughs>
2: um yeah. <laughs> It's probably it is definitely the 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 little bit of rivalry rivalry between Scotland and England it's always a little bit of a thing there, but as every game is a it's a it's a new game, and we just I think we are just fortunate how we play against them that we every time come up and, on top and yeah uh, it's just especially this last two three or three years it's been been really good for us um and yeah it's 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 not it's not that we, that i can say we do something different for england to prepare for them but it is special to to beat them but if i need to look back in my career what game is probably stand out is probably the quarterfinals in 2015 that i know we've lost but to play quarterfinals and the way we lo- lose it was it was a brilliant game, but it was also a sad, sad moment. But yeah, it's probably the the games I will probably look back back in the in my career.
0: I mean, we won't talk about that the the, the twenty fifteen <laughs> final too much because it it was it was certainly a South African's fault and certainly <laughs> not you, your your fault that 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 game was lost by Scotland and. Um, obviously, there's been been lots of talk around it, and and everybody realizes there was a controversial decision last World Cup cycle. Maybe not quite as good. Are you boys looking forward to to France and and what it might hold, given the 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 rich vein of form you've you've currently got.
2: Yeah, no, definitely. It's we. I think we can't as a group we can't wait to get together and work work for that for for that quarterfinals to qualify out of out of our pool. We know we have a tough tough one ahead of us. There's need to beat ireland or south africa to get out of the out of the pool we know it's not an easy pool but obviously we would we would um, prepare to the best of what we can for those for the world cup and hopefully we can get out of our pool and and go one further than last time absolutely and um in terms of
0: kind of Scotland and, and Scotland as a whole, would you say that the the thing that you miss about South Africa the most is the biltong? Obviously, you started the proper pioneer. I think you did that with um, fellow front rower Pierre Skumann. Was that was that purely because you missed biltong so much and and really needed a good fix?
2: Uh, not really. It's probably just something that I I love to work with meat. It's something that I just just love to do. So I always been in the garage, there's always Bolton. <laughs> there's, um, there's not a not a shortage of that. But uh, um, there's a lot of things to most in South Africa, but yeah, I think we can this past eleven years, um Edinburgh, Scotland was really good for us as a family. Um got really good memories here, but it's it's been awesome. It's it's been awesome. So The thing that you probably miss the most in south africa is the sun (laughs) it's the hot hot weather it's not always so but yeah in it's in fairness edinburgh is a beautiful city so yeah so you must you must give and take so you can't have everything probably um both sides but yeah at this moment yeah i we just love it yesterday Uh, VP you you
1: definitely obviously judging by your your Twitter and sort of your social media you seem like a very devout father and I'm um, quite glad we sort of got onto that topic of what you sort of miss about home um but what is one thing that you sort of grew up uh had the opportunity to grow up with in South Africa that you sort of wish uh, your kids had the opportunity to that they might not necessarily have in uh Edinburgh
2: it's probably the the freedom the freedom on the farm where I grew up—that's probably the the biggest thing I would I would say that I would wanted to give to my kids. We were now like last year we were in in South Africa for the off season and we were like ten or two weeks at in the farm and you don't know it's different. Is there there's different kids? They've got freedom. They run everywhere. They've got they they don't have shoes on it's they are out of their clothes they they just they just enjoy it and over here it's a bit different um it's not so it's not so easy but yeah you need to you need to yeah you need to take what what is at hand but the kids are yeah they're enjoying it here as well so yeah but yeah definitely the farm and the freedom i would love to give that to you. yeah
1: yeah, I think um, definitely for me personally, I think Edinburgh was probably the first city because I'm I'm like sort of country boy, like I, I live in the city, but I believe I'm a country boy. I love it. Yeah. But Edinburgh definitely was um, by far the first city that I sort of visited and was like, wow, I could definitely live here in in the future one time, um, at least give it a crack in that. And obviously, many South Africans sort of aspired to go overseas as um especially with their families and their kids and provide them with the opportunity that they don't necessarily have in south africa but obviously yeah sort of that um, give and take like you're just saying um that's sort of one aspect but obviously like you say you sort of come back home and visit and they can have that opportunity to sort of see what it's like and everything but how often do you sort of come back to south africa do you have a is all your family still here How, how often do you do that
2: um, we try to go once a year in the off season, try to get there. Um, so just to touch base with the family, it's not, and sometimes try to get them over here as well. My dad is still staying on the farm, my two sisters they are in Kimberley, and yeah, and then my wife's um parents they are in Paul, so just around the corner. So yeah, I know they are, it's 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 try to try to come and visit as much as I can, but if we come back to the place and stuff, Edinburgh is, it's actually such a brilliant city, it's 10 minutes, 15 minutes out of the city, then you are in countryside, so it's, it's, yeah, It you've got everything Yeah, it's Uh, the sun is out a little bit but it's not so hot but (laughs) it's that's the only only thing but if 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 you had all what you had in cape john yeah (laughs) that's probably this place would be overpopulated so but yeah um it's brilliant the city is just amazing so yeah
0: and tell me if you mentioned him there your your dad eric no i believe his name is um, and yeah. you 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 in the past mentioned that there was a possibility you would never have been born you would mentioned that the farm and things i think when your dad was about 13 years old he he tried to jump a, a river or something whilst hunting and 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 there was there was a bit of an accident that that he fortunately survived do you want to tell us a bit about that and and what actually happened
2: uh, I've got I've got the story as he told it of or his brother told it to me it's 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 but he was like uh, probably 11 12 say that age he couldn't even with a, he couldn't even even carry the rifle as I understand he just dragged it behind him and him and his brother they went for to shot some Pigeons on the farm, and so he obviously carried, it, I think, and he jumped in. Uh, so it's where the lorries they they go backwards and they uh, and that's where they um, pick up all the sheep and stuff and loaded them on the on the on the trucks. So he jumped in that and for some reason the rifle was loaded and his finger was on the trigger, and as he jumped, as he landed, he trigger went off or the or the rifle went off and shot him through his nose and the bullet is still sitting somewhere here in the back on in his, his in his head and but yeah it was it was a big story he needed to start all over again learn everything all over again it was for, years, for months and months in 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 hospital and stuff and but yeah, he's he's up and running, and he's yeah, he's he's still going strong. So yeah,
0: it's just that is that is still one of the. I remember reading the article on it. I think it was a few years ago, and I remember I actually had to read it again to make sure I was reading right. In the same article, they'd mentioned that. Um, it might have been your little boy. I think you've got four kids and and your son was was it loves his, his grandfather and and at the time he was a bit of a springbok supporter. Is that still the way? is Is he still a springbok supporter, and the rest of the kids support Scotland, or have you managed to to turn him around to to being a Scottish supporter?,
2: Yeah, my oldest boy is is, is so in between. um but yeah, he he loves I even his um granddad, they are just mocking his other, but he's he's loving. He's loving the Springboks. He always said to me, "Now, oh, Daddy, I'm gonna go back to South Africa and playing for a Springbok." but yeah, we will see. We will see what's happening <laughs> now at this moment. But yeah, no, he's still enjoying to support South Africa. But he's at this moment, he's enjoy. He's he's supporting the team that's in front. That's where he is at this moment. <laughs> you know, one of those kids that never wants to lose. So yeah, so but yeah.
0: And um I suppose I'll I'll maybe even even ask this this question in Afrikaans, but we'll we'll have to um <laughs> we'll have to apologize to our, our Afrikaans listeners. You'd mentioned um su- support there and, and him sports in Scotland at times, but um what's the best of he for any Scots, uh, on the honest for you? I think
2: the best I think if you if you run out of Murrayfield and you and even if you are walking in places, and it's just a, it's just a passion of the Scottish supporters. That's really it. It is. You can't, can't fault it, and you can't. But in a sense, they are also brutal. If you, <laughs> if you look at, <laughs> if you look at Scotland, how 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 small the country is, and how how I think Scotland as a country runs so far above the their weight and stuff. It's it's amazing actually what Scotland doing at this moment. And but it's the it's what the supporters suspected of the team, of and it's not just the rugby. It's everything. It's like, it's amazing. It's just they they need to win everything. It doesn't matter. It, it's if it's a. It's just it, it, it is. But that is the expectance of the supporters, and it's it's brilliant. That it just shows you the how passionate they are, and yeah, it's
1: amazing. Yeah, I think that's definitely one, one dream of mine. Actually, now that I think about it, I've never watched an international game on, on in the UK or Ireland or anything. And one thing that always sticks out to me is the, the passion of the supporters. I mean, whether it's Scotland, Wales, or or sort of my, my I, I hate to say it, but my favorite team, Ireland. Uh, I've got some Irish roots in that, so my grandpa always made me support Ireland. But um, I think one thing that always stands out to me is just how passionate the supporters are when that when those national anthems come on I mean my TV is on at full blast what is it like sort of being there for the national anthems and you hear the bagpipes going off what is sort of that feeling of your of your first international game really what how did how did that feel
2: No the first first international on Morrifelt was yeah it it's mind blowing to see 80,000 70,000 people just supporting you, that team, and and it's amazing how when the backpipes stop and how every everyone is just singing the anthem. It's it's amazing. It's give you good box and it just gives you that extra that you want to want to give back to your 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 supporters in that game and it's it's just yeah it I don't think you can hundred percent describe to anyone who isn't there, or who is not on the field? How how it feels? It's probably, but yeah, it is. It's an amazing feeling.
0: I was uh, I, I I was privileged enough to go to both Scotland, Italy, and the Scotland Wales games this year. And you you boys obviously won both of those. I'm not saying I'm Scotland's lucky charm or anything, but I might be. And genuinely, that the Scottish national anthem is is one of my favourites, if not. My, my second favourite to, to Nkosi Sikoleli, naturally. I'm one of those boys that if I manage to get tickets to the, the Scotland-South Africa game in, in France, I'll be showing up on a springbok top, but I'll have a kilt on at the bottom. <laughs> Watching you boys play, one of the things that has is, is really struck me about Scotland, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but... It, it felt like Scotland always had the flair. Scotland always had the players out wide to make magic, but it was maybe the set piece where, where things were slightly lacking and Scotland's come on leaps and bounds with yourself, Pierre Skumann in, in, the, in the front row, certainly holding down the scrum. The scrum's a bit of a mystery, right to, to even the most knowledgeable players i personally played lock in, in high school and unless you're a front rower you just don't know what what what, what it's about now but but insight into to, to our listeners they say that the scrum can generate more than sixteen thousand newtons of force which equivalents to getting hit by a car at 30 miles an hour at the professional level so is the scrum something that you still enjoy and 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 what would you say makes a great scrummager?
2: yeah um I, I love that's the only part I actually love of rugby is the but it's <laughs> um, but um, yeah, it's it's an interesting one at this moment. I think it's uh, I know supporters out there want to have more running rugby and wants to have more of this and i know there's some it's a lot of things on it and everyone wants to make this faster and there's there's always probably something that they need to they want to change in rugby but i think it's getting too technical at this moment um what they expect of of us i've talked to some scrum coaches they don't even know what some of the boys some of the guys up at the top want so it's, it's difficult um, it's a difficult, probably period to go through at this moment in the scrummaging aspect. But it's nothing, it, I love it. I love the. I love every bit of it. Um, it's 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 probably the the part, except maybe lineups as well, that you can really get put your dominance on a team. Um, there's so much to a set piece. You can tire some uh, the other back out you can there's there's not just it's not just a scrum it's not just a restart of because there was a knock on there's so much in that 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 can if if you didn't add scrums the whole pack would be fresh or you didn't add the driving mall that you had to stop the whole pack would be fresh and you would not be having a, a wing that maybe run around another wing because you needed to defend two players or you would not have to those gaps that's opening up in the so so yeah so i think there will always be place for for scrums i know they want to um fine tune the day there i think it's getting too technical i think it's i know there's there's danger to scrums it's all that stuff that's that's in the air but yeah you in just need to be careful of not not try to do too much do something that i think that works so so yeah so but yeah i think and i hope the set piece will always stay in, in, in the game
0: you and i both i mean i i personally and I, I might be, I, I might be one of the rare ones, but I absolutely love watching a scrum going forward. There's there's nothing better. Eight bodies just dominating a, a, another pack is is just something great to watch. Is there a um a scrummager that in your memory that you've come up against and you've just been like, Yes, Susperi, I don't wanna I, I don't wanna come up against him again. Is is there one name that, that kind of stands out? You obviously dominated, I think it was Beast and Tarira. In the uh for the curry cup i think it might have been the the semi finals in in the early 20 2010s or, or late 2000s is he someone or, or would it be somebody else that that stands out for you?
2: Oh, i've got i've got a there's a lot of guys that i hope that i don't want to scrum against <laughs> again, or or that i get one up against him and i don't want to go against him because he's waiting for me that he, he wants to get one against me again um, but one, one game that I really stands out was we went to I think it was 2010 I can't really remember now but it's against the Crusaders and and white pocket was the luciet and that day he gave me he he, he took me to school um, <laughs> that day was the day I I was asking the question is it really is this is this the do I do I need to go through this? to to get there on top and that day was probably the day that i've learned that's <laughs> not it's not just easy uh, easy ride and yeah so so that's one 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 player that i can say he gave me a proper lesson that day and i I've, I've had to go back to the drawing board after that game and 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 see what is the difference and but yeah that you need also need that um to, to get better, you can't. It's not always smooth sailing. So, but yeah, that's that's clear in my head that day.
0: Now, obviously, that's that's the best scrummager you have come up against. Is there is there a player that and I love asking this question because you always get the same smile from from players when when you ask this question because they're tired of answering it. But us non <laughs> non rugby players love asking it in terms of players that you've come up against. Who would you say is is the player that stands out in your mind as the best? all-round player you've come up against and who's maybe a player that you've played with in training that you've just looked at and, and gone that guy's an absolute freak How's he, how does he do that
2: oh, I've played probably against plenty that I can put on, in that category um, but I must say a loser like Kian Yule for Ireland is probably up there as one of the yeah probably one of the best losers you can it's just amazing what he can do, but then I must—I think it was was it 2009 that the Lions toured um, the uh, South Africa. That that game we played against, I think Andy Saradon was the lucid, and yeah. Ross Ford was uh, was the hooker, and I think Adam Jones was actually titled as well. Um, but that was <laughs> that night was yeah that was probably. One special night as well, because I I can remember how we prepared for that and you just went through that team and you see this massive guys. That's and that was that guy, and that that day was like, oh, it was we were so pumped. And but he was, yeah, he was also a special player that day, that year. Um, but yeah, um, that's that's probably that's probably giving my age too much away how far back that is. Um, but yeah it's it's, it's brilliant uh, but i've played against many many losers that i yeah that i that i can give that that input in that category but if i need to look back in my play against yeah um i've played some special props as well just kuni West Asian probably yes uh, he was he was a special character and he was probably he was the one that probably gave me the hunger for what to do. He, if he carry a ball, if he do something, he do it probably not 100, 110, he do it 200%. He's it's, it's going through a wall if he carries a And that was just, to play next to him was quite, was, was good for me. It just he helped me to probably almost progress. He help me through different stuff in, in the scrum and not have to worry too much about um anything else and but over if i take the last 10 years i think Pierre Pierre Schumann is probably he's a special character he's just he's, he's one yeah he's he's a good good lucid um this last two years one fenter he's good um but yeah i've played Again, I played some with some good sets as well. <laughs> I've got some good hookers also next to me. I had some special guys, and that's why I say not so what I've what I've achieved in my career. I cannot just take it on me. I had some one. some really, I had some really good guys next to me so yeah, that helped me. So yeah.
0: We'd mentioned earlier that you've signed for, with with Edinburgh for another year. Once you've hung up the boots and and whenever that may be are you planning on, on picking up the coach's clipboard or is that going to be the, the end of rugby for you? Have you given that any thought?
2: I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give it that much thought, but I would love to, love to be a scrum coach. I think that's, that's one thing I would love to stay in. That's, yeah uh, yeah i i'm not so keen about uh, the scrubs, uh, yeah it's always <laughs> it's always a scrum. um i would i would love to i would love to stay in that um i don't think at this moment i've not i'm not so keen on on the whole like if a forward scouts and that things but i would love to give my the knowledge that i have give it over to somebody else if it's just with young guys young boys that i want to work with or whatever but yeah i would i would love to stay in that in that compartment so yeah
0: i mean the the knowledge that you have from from your years of playing i'm sure there'll be many many a player who'd be delighted to to have you as a scrum coach i certainly wouldn't want to come up against you (laughs) vipf thank you so much for, for being such a great guest we appreciate your time so much best of luck with the world cup maybe not too much luck (laughs) <laughs> Just enough, and, and we can't wait to see you scrummaging hard again on, on on the pitch
2: thank you guys thank you for having me and it was great to be on on here
0: now firstly apologies to, to any backline fans or backline players that fell asleep during that we interview as we'd call it up here in Scotland but for me that was super super interesting and uh certainly a great guest to have on your thoughts Stiggs?
1: Well, I apologize. Okay, because as a former backline player, no, I was not sleeping, but it was more than likely the internet connection that kept bombing out. So I apologize to all the listeners out there. Unfortunately, I was in a mad rush and just went to a mate's house to go and record the pod. And unfortunately, his Wi-Fi was very shoddy. But apart from that, that was awesome, man. Like really enjoyed that, that interview, even just the fact that we get to interview all these players and and it's such an interesting thing as well just having interviewed these players now not necessarily just gone and said hazard or something when they walk past past that a mall and that but actually having an interaction with them it makes watching them feel so different and almost like weird you know like you actually know this guy like you've gotten to the to know them and i hope that all these interviews with all these players sort of leaves you guys the listeners um sort of feeling like you know these players a bit more you know not just the standard questions that they get from all these interviews on on tv where you sort of already know what their answer is going to be because it has to be so um pr sort of corrected and that you know so it's, it's nice to sort of have the players let loose a little bit and yeah i hope you guys have been enjoying the interviews uh recently
0: absolutely and wp what an interesting guy and i think uh the 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 story about his dad was certainly one for the
1: book. Insane. I did not know that. Before the podcast, when you asked that, I didn't I had no clue about that story. I don't know if the video will be up, but my my jaw was dropped the entire time I heard that story.
0: Getting on to this weekend's fixtures, Steegs. Let's do a quick fire through the Curry Cup. One word answers only. I'd like to know your winners. Grick was Lions. Lions. Puma's Griffins humors <laughs> Jesus, province.
1: Sorry, just one second. We give Griffin so much shit on this
0: podcast.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry to the five Griffin fans out there.
0: <laughs> None of which listen to this podcast, who so are fine.
1: Um, biased answer, province.
0: No, nah, I said one of answers.
1: Proper, proper answer, province. <laughs>
0: <laughs> bulls, sharks, bulls. I'm gonna say sharks just to be different. Okay, Otherwise, well, I agree the... with the rest of them. Now onto the the really important fixtures for this weekend. I'm not saying that because URC is more important than Curry Cup. Just before people start coming off to my head, URC quarter finals this weekend. Some really really important ones. Uh, Ulster v Connacht. Thoughts on that? Dwayne will be probably playing for, for Ulster. Who do you think will take that one? Ulster. I reckon so. I think they'll they'll just be too good. Although shout out to to, to ask Ma- the question. Shout please? out to to your twin Mark Hansen, who is playing on the Connet Wing, or will probably be named. Stormers, the Bulls. Now we're uh, we know what we're gonna say here, right? Everyone knows
1: what we're gonna <laughs> say.
0: <laughs> I am gonna go Stormers. I genuinely believe the Stormers are gonna be too good, but that may or not may not turn out to be the case. The Bulls have always got one really big performance or a really big performance in them. And we saw that last year with Leinster. So I'm going to say Stormers, but there's a little asterisk next to that.
1: Listen, yeah. All right. I will be there with 20,000 other fans. Okay. I'm going to be in my sunnies. I'm going to have my beach hat on. I'm going to be interviewing a bunch of people. We're going to get some content for the podcast channels. We're giving away tickets, so I don't know if the competition will still be live, but if it is and you're listening and you don't follow the socials, go and check that out because there will be tickets. And I am going to be nothing but a vibe. So I hope the Stormers win. Otherwise, that's going to be all for nothing. But if they do win and if they win the semifinals, you have heard it here first that Steaks is getting a mullet done. All right? Right. We'll, We'll see. I, We're going to make the finals and then the mullets coming out and then Stormers number one well, supporters will be there.
0: And we'll get on to this shortly. If if the Stormers beat the Bulls, it's likely they're away to Ulster and I will probably be going to that game. So I might have to catch you in, in, in Dublin, Steaks, in, in two or three weeks time. Shave Gosh, that man. mullet into your head. That leads me quite nicely onto the Leinster Sharks game. Who do you think takes that one and why? I would
1: say, you know, Sharks have just not been playing well at the moment. And honestly, as much as Leinster will be resting a few players for the final, I don't think they rest all their players because obviously it's like, bloody hell, you're in the quarterfinals of the URC as well. It's another trophy. I think Leinster takes it with a sort of half young, have some of the experienced guys there. I think they take this one.
0: I reckon they go fully stacked and absolutely hump them. That is that is my my, my honest opinion. Leinster, Leinster performed really, really well, absolutely destroying Toulouse, who beat a fully loaded shot side with both Etzbeth and Sia Khaleesi a few weeks back. So that would be my food for thought. And a uh, big shout out the number 12 who plays Leinster at the moment, who's just come back from 130 days of injury or something, Charlie Natai was unreal over the weekend. So anybody who's not seen the, the highlights from that game, go have a look at that. Final one for the weekend, less important for us, but more important for potentially the semis will be Glasgow Monster. Your thoughts on that? Who do you think takes it? I think
1: monster has been playing well, man. They've, they've had a couple of good performances recently. So, yeah, I mean, beating the Stormers away as well. Yeah, which is going to be interesting. I think I think Munster takes this one and obviously meets Leinster in the in the semis, where I think that game is going to be very interesting, a little Irish derby there. So
0: I reckon you're looking at Glasgow winning that one actually, and Glasgow I too reckon
1: good. Your girlfriend's in the room. <laughs>
0: She's not. <laughs> She's also from Edinburgh, but no, uh, I reckon Glasgow will take that one given their recent form and Hugh Jones at twelve, Cape Town boy will he went to uct so we'll we'll claim that one that is all the time we've got for this week folks i hope you enjoyed the episode please follow us on socials and uh, we'll catch you next week